0: Welcome to the New Beginnings Community Church Podcast. Here at NBCC, we welcome the imperfect, flawed, and broken as much as the healing and thriving because we are all God's children. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Good morning, everybody. It has been cold um for the last couple days right we are not and I say cold some of you are not from California and this is like blowing your mind that you would think 42 is cold but it is freezing for us Californians who do not understand why why the our temperature gauge went to that and so if you're not from here and you have a short sleeve shirt on God bless you you're amazing you're tougher than me it's great I have a jacket and it's I got lights on me, and it's great. So, um, hey, we are uh, going through our series, Honest Answers. My name is Pastor Charlie Bacar, and today I'm going to talk about prayer today. So we got a lot of responses from our small survey of just like people asking, well, how do I pray, or why do I pray, those kind of things. So I want to answer those questions today. And if you don't know me, I did grow up in church, and so I grew up in a little church called the Tascado First Assembly, and in my youth group, we did series on prayers, just like all, you know, high school kids probably do a, a sermon series on prayer and and I had we had gone through one of these sermon series and I went to high school in Atascadero and one of my favorite teachers was a man named Mr. Hollis and I loved Mr. Hollis Mr. Hollis was so great but he taught the subject I hated the most and it was science all right now you might be in here and you might be a science teacher I do not hate you okay I just don't understand what you're talking about half the time. All right, now I've grown to like appreciate science in my in my uh, latter years. I'm 37, um, so. It's not really that louder for some of you, huh? It's just yesterday, um, but uh, but for for those early days, like I just did not like science. I don't understand why they have to have such long names for such simple things, right? Like like a fly should just be a fly. It should not have that whatever name they give it in science. Like I don't need like you don't need that, okay? Or a flower should be a flower, not some boozy booty thing. There's like all these things. I just did not like science, but I love Mr. Hollis. Now, Mr. Hollis was a little strange, right? Mr. Hollis did not believe in God. Um, Mr. Hollis, 99.9% sure, smoked a lot of weed, okay? I only say that, I only say that because he kind of told us, all right? And uh, I, I never saw him, okay, but he said, and so, uh, or he like gave the impression that he did. Um, Mr. Hollis, uh, just, he, he loved rocks, So that was the class. I was like, my junior year, it was geology because I had to take another science. So I took geology because I thought, how difficult could rocks be? The rocks, it's very difficult. Um, And that was our class, right? And and I love Mr. Hollis. I just wasn't very good at the rocks thing. So um, one day we're sitting in class, I'm like a junior, maybe a senior, but I'm pretty sure I was a junior in class sitting there and um, we're all in class and Mr. Hollis is a little late. This is kind of weird. Mr. Hollis is usually in class. This is the last class of the day. And all of a sudden, Mr. Hollis walks in and he is in a ton of pain, okay? He just is, he's grimacing. He's dragging his leg behind him and he gets to the front of the class and he says, class, I'm so sorry. I went surfing the other day and I tweaked my knee and it's been in pain all day and I just cannot figure out what's going on. I am going to try and grind it out for the rest of the day. This is the last class of the day, Um, but I'm not going to be able to really teach. I'm just going to kind of put you guys in groups and you guys can work on the group stuff together and the labs and, and all those kind of things, but I am in such pain that I'm just not going to be able to teach today. And then he went and sat down. And then one of the scariest things that can ever happen to a Christian teenager happened in the middle of the class, okay? Is I felt God tell me you should pray for your teacher." And immediately I was like, was that the pizza? Like that did look like a little, I didn't like how that pizza looked necessarily. You know what I mean? Like immediately I have this, not an audible voice of like, you will pray for it. Like nothing like that, but just like this impression on my heart, this thought that popped in my head that said, I needed to pray for my teacher. And I tried for 45 minutes to bargain with the Lord to not do this, okay? I was like, God, Please, I'll pray for like three people tomorrow. And I'll do, you know, I'll do like, what do you want? Do you want me to, to, I'll pray in front of youth group on Wednesday night. I'll do anything. Just please don't make me do this very awkward thing to a teacher that I know doesn't believe in God. He's a teacher. He's a teacher. He's an old man. He's a teacher. I don't want to do this to like in front, like I don't want to do this. Please don't make me do this. And finally, after 45 minutes of arguing with God, trying to bargain my way out of it, I finally just gave in and was like, all right, I'll do it it's fine class ends and listen there's no way that I'm doing this in front of the class like that is like I'll I'll yes I'll pray Jesus but it's gonna be in front of absolutely nobody and so so I wait I do like the slow pack your backpack up thing you do that you know you do that like when you want to walk out with a girl come on like you like like you wanted to time it just right don't play. And so, and so I was doing that and I was just waiting. I was like trying to pack slow so it didn't look as weird when everybody left and I was the only one left in class. And so I'm packing slow. I walk like the long way to like get on the other side of Mr. Hollis. He's talking to like the science geeks. And they're like, rocks. And I was like, ugh. I was like, leave. And they're like, do you want to join in? I was like, absolutely not. Do you need to leave, please? Um, so they finally leave and Mr. Hollis is sitting there. He's in a ton of pain. Um, and he's probably looking at me like, Kid, will you just leave my class? Like I'm just trying to get out of here. But he loved us students, and so you could tell he was trying to he was trying to be a good teacher. And and I walk up and listen. I like I wish I could tell you that in awkward moments I rose to the occasion and I just like I just was great and I was like the voice everyone followed. It's absolutely not like I am just as awkward. I'll laugh at the wrong times. Like it get awkward, just like all of you get awkward. So we could tell us is gonna be an awkward moment, but he's a teacher and he's probably like, I deal with this all the time. And, and I'm walking up to Mr. Hollis and I go, and he looks at me like, what are you doing kid? And, and I just look at him and go, Mr. Hollis. And he goes, yes, Charlie. And I go, so your leg hurts, huh? <laughs> and he's probably like, yeah, dummy. Of course my leg hurts. Like, would you not just see me all class like dying? Like I'm trying to get out of here, please. Like, let's get to the point. But you know, he's your real nice. So he, he looks at me with those eyes and he just says, Yes, Charlie, my leg hurts. And I go, All right, all right. And I got my backpack on. So I'm like, all right, all right. Hey, can I pray for you? And I look at him just like that. Hey, can I pray for you? Like, you know what I mean? And uh, and he and he looks at me like with the most sympathetic eyes. Like he must have thought, this kid has got to like earn his Christian badge and has to pray for like he probably has to pray for the heathen teacher probably like something his you know his church told him to do um because he could tell like I'm awkward right and so and so he looks at me he's he he loves kids he loves the, the it's teaching and so he looks at me he goes he wants to say no like I can tell like if any of you asked him he would have said no but I'm a I'm a student so he's uh, yes, sure, Charlie. And then I did something that you should never do. See, if you're a Christian in here, you probably are used to like people praying for you and you know they'll put their hand on your shoulder or they'll give you a hug. But people that don't go to church, don't touch them when you pray, all right? Like, I'm serious, because like you think it's fine because you do it all the time. It is weird, okay? And so I, but I'm, I'm a dumb, you know, high school kid. And so I put my hand on his shoulder and he immediately looks at me like, dude, what are we about to do? And I was like... <laughs> Uh, but now I'm in it. Like, I'm awkward. So I'm like, you know, and I'm like, we're here, bro. We're going. And so I just bow my head. And I'm just like this. And I got my hand on the shoulder. And I'm like, God, thank you for Mr. Hollis. Help us and you feel better. Okay, bye. And that was it. I said bye to God. I was like, bye later. Like, I just hung up on him. Um, and, uh, and I was like, so glad it was over. And he looked at me like, aw it didn't work but aw you know what I mean that's what he's thinking Um, he goes thanks Charlie and I go alright thanks and then I left like as quick as I could ran out of there didn't look at him nothing just as quick as I could got out of that class and then the next day now listen I don't remember what happened the day before the next day of school okay like I barely remember, know what happened yesterday and I'm 37 years old all right some of you don't remember know what happened yesterday just because right so when you're a parent and you ask your high school kid what'd you do yesterday and they say nothing that's a legit answer all right because they have no idea what happened yesterday just because so I walk in I cannot remember what happened yesterday I walk into class I don't think anything of it i don't i blocked out of my mind that i prayed for my teacher that he was even hurt so i sit down on my my seat mr hollis walks into the room walks to the front of the class and i'm not like i like to like especially in a class where clearly i'm not the brightest right we're talking about rocks and i'm as dumb as one in this class and uh i don't know what's going on half the time so i'm trying to like be real quiet to not get called on and i'm sitting there and mr hollis in front of the whole class goes charlie and everybody looks at me and I look up and I have no idea what he's going to talk about. And he goes, look, my leg's better. And it took me like five seconds to like figure out what he was talking about. Cause I was like, your leg's better. Like, what are we talking about? Then everything rushed at me at once. And I was like, oh yeah, I prayed for him. And then I got really awkward again. And after this man just told me that his leg was healed, I gave him a, and just a thumbs up. I gave him a thumbs up. Cool, bro. Like, I don't know, like, what? there you go. And he looked at me. He, I don't know if this was like a major moment in his life, but I gave him one thumbs up for it, okay? And, um, and that was it. We never spoke of it again. Like, he never spoke. I hope he got saved later, but it wasn't because of what I did because I was just, thumbs up, brother. Um, and unfortunately for me, that kind of was the only part of my prayer life was thanking God for things and then asking God for things. And that was it. I would thank God for things and I would ask God for things. Thank you God for what you've given me. Can I have a little bit more? And that was pretty much my prayer life. Thank you, I'm asking for stuff. Thank you, I'm asking for stuff. Thank you, I'm asking for stuff. That's it. And unfortunately, that's some of your prayer lives too. Is your prayer life consists of thanking God for things and then asking God for things. Thank you God for what you've done but I have this, this, and this that I would really like to happen. Can you make it happen? And that's it. We thank God for things and we ask God for things. We hear about prayer in church and people praying for a long time and we just don't get it because it's like, well, how could you pray for that long? Like how long is your list of things to ask for? Like, how can you be praying for for all that time? And what are you talking about? And we talk about prayer in church like everybody knows what it is. And so that's what I wanna try and give you an honest answer from scripture of what God calls us and what it looks like to have a true prayer life. So if you can't bow your head, close your eyes with me, and we're gonna begin with a word of prayer. Father, God, we just give you this time. God, whatever is going on in this room, God, whatever anybody walked in with, whether they're unsure about something, God, whether they're unsure even how to pray. God, whether they're even unsure of what is happening in this room if it's for them if it's not God I pray you would give them a spirit of peace God you would allow them to hear what it is you want them to hear God from your scripture God I pray my words would be your words today in your name we pray amen you know scripture really does give us all the answers, all the honest answers to the questions we have. So for prayer, go to Matthew chapter six in your Bible, Matthew chapter six. And Jesus does a teaching on prayer. This is gonna be where you would find the Lord's prayer. So it's gonna look kind of familiar, but there's a section right before that that we wanna start with. And so Matthew chapter six, we're gonna start in verse five. And Jesus is gonna teach us how to pray and how not to pray, kind of at the same time. So Matthew chapter six, verse five, when you pray, You are not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so they might be seen by men. Truly, I say to you, they have the reward in full. But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him now Jesus what he does is he tells us two things two things to do and two things not to do the first thing he says is don't be like the hypocrites who pray in front of everyone so that they can be heard how great their prayers are from the people listening in to the conversation they are having with the father he said that's not how you pray now, now there is time that you're going to pray in a group, right? There's going to be times where like you're in a group and they're going to say, let's pray. They're going to ask you to pray. And you might get really nervous about that. But can I hope, like kind of with your fear, when you are praying in front of the group, you don't need to worry about what anyone in the group says or thinks of your prayer. In fact, the scripture says to treat it as you're going into an inner room because this is between you and the Father. That is it. If you are praying or you are worried about praying because you're worried about what others think, you need to change your mindset on your prayer life because your prayer life should not be about anyone else except for you and the Father. If you're praying to get the amens, if you're praying to get the accolades, if you're praying because you want people to get really fired up when you pray, you're praying for the wrong reason. Your prayer life should just be between you and the Father. I've heard people pray the most short, sweet, spiritual prayers because they were just talking to God in the language that they talk in. And I've heard people pray these long, drawn out prayers that honestly, I started opening open my eyes and looking around because I was like, I'm about to fall asleep because this prayer means nothing. Because they're not praying to the Father, they're praying for the rest of us so that we can get excited about how they pray. And Jesus says, don't do that. Treat prayer like the inner sanctum of coming in and talking with your dad. A personal relationship. Prayer should be intimate. Prayer should not involve everyone else in the room so they can see how great of a prayer warrior you are. Prayer should be this time between you and God and just saying, God, I am here. I have things. I want to I hear from you. It should be this time that you have with the Father. It should be intimate. It should be purposeful. One of the greatest illustrations I ever heard about prayer in this sense was a story about a man who is dying and the daughter called the pastor and said hey my dad he's in hospice he has a, maybe a few more weeks maybe a few more days to live and I would just like you to come and to speak with him talk to him pray for him whatever it is so the pastor comes in gets to the house walks into the room where the man is and he sees an empty chair next to the man's bed so the pastor says oh you must have been expecting me And the man in the bed who's dying looks at the pastor and says, and he kind of looks confused and he sees the empty chair and he says, oh no, that's not for you. Come in and close the door. I don't want my daughter to know because she might think I'm crazy. And the pastor closes the door and comes in. He goes, pastor, I've been going to church a long time and prayer was always something I struggled with. And I would go to pastors and they would give me these long drawn out things and I never could quite understand it until one of my friends said that prayer was just talking to God. And so he said, pastor, what I did years ago was I got an empty chair and I sat it right in front of me and I would sit in the other chair and I would know that Jesus is sitting in the next chair and I would just talk to him and I would just have a conversation and I would talk to him for hours because I just loved being with him. And he says, in these last days, I've had this chair right here and in moments where no one's here and it's just intimate, me and him in this room, I just talked to Jesus. And the pastor looked and he was so, he was just like, wow, that's what great faith, brother. He prayed for him and he left. And a couple days later, the daughter calls the pastor and she says her dad had passed. And the pastor said, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. Um, was, he, was he peaceful when he went? And the daughter said, oh, he was so peaceful, pastor. He said, I, she said, I went in that morning, I saw him, he told me a joke, I gave him a kiss on the forehead, I left and a couple hours later, I came back And he had passed away. She said, but there was one thing that was strange, Pastor. She said, when my dad passed away, he had his head in the lap of the chair, and he had a smile on his face. That man knew what intimacy was with the Father because he spoke to him every day. It wasn't about the other people in the room, it was just about him and Jesus. When you pray, That's what it's like. You see, the question we often get is, well, how do I pray? Is it supposed to look like this? Is it supposed to look like that? It's just supposed to be this intimate moment with God. Jesus then says in the question of how to pray, he says, well, don't pray like this. Don't pray like the Gentiles. He said, because the Gentiles just do meaningless repetition over and over and over again. And if you know anything about like Greek or Roman mythology, those gods, to pray to their gods, and that's what some of the Gentiles would have believed in, is Roman and Greek mythology, they would have to go to a certain spot, a certain sanctuary for their god. They would have to give up this certain fragrance or aroma or maybe the best thing that they had so that maybe their god would pay attention to them. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. that's not not our God. Our God is not a God where you have to say the right things and do the right things to kind of get their attention. God already is paying attention to you. He started the conversation. He said, prayer is like that intimate time. Okay, so those of you that are parents, does your kid have to do anything special to get to you? To talk to you? Absolutely not. If your daughter or son runs up to you, you're going to come, and especially if you haven't seen them in, you know, three minutes, because to them it's like 10 years, and and they come running up to you, you're going to pick them up, and you're going to listen to whatever they have to say, and it's going to take them 20 minutes to tell you whatever it is, and you're going to listen with all your heart, because you love the sound of their voice, you love how they're trying to form the sentences in your head, because you love them so much, you're going to listen to them. They don't have to go through rituals or any kind of thing to get you to pay attention attention to them right because they love you and it says that the father is our father and that he loves us now we would like there to be some sort of rituals to get him to pay attention there's a part of us that would love to know what are the steps that i need to take to pray because then if we know the right things to do two things happen one we feel like we earn the right to speak to the god of all creation which is a mind-blowing thought, right? The God who created everything will listen to you. So it would be nice if we had like this little like routine that we could do to just know that he's listening. And then the second thing is this, in our selfishness, if we can learn how to pray in the right way, in the right time, with the right mindset, we could get whatever we wanted. If I could pray in just the right way and use just the right tone and say just the right words, then anything I ever wanted, I could get. Because he's God, right? But Jesus says, that's not, that's not prayer. It says that the Father knows what you want even before you ask him. We do not have the right and the ability to pray these prayers, because of anything we did, it's not because we we uh, uh, know the right words to say or say the right things the right amount of times or do the right ritual right before we ask God. It's simply because of what Jesus did on the cross. When Jesus died on that cross, it says that that veil to the inner sanctum of God's presence tore from top to bottom, ripped in two. And the presence of God left there. And when the Holy Spirit came, The new temples became us. We became the temples of the Holy Spirit so that any moment we wanted to, we could go to God in prayer. We could go to the God of universe in prayer, not because of anything you did, not because you said the right words or did the right things or you got enough people to say amen to your prayer, but simply because God loves you and simply because Christ died and you accepted him as your savior. In Galatians, if you want, turn your Bibles to Galatians chapter four. I want you to see what this letter says about this. Chapter four, verse five. It's gonna be on the screen. So that he might redeem those who are under the law so we might receive the adoptions as son or daughters. Because you are son or daughters, God has sent forth the spirit of a son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. He's your dad. He doesn't need you to do the right things or be in the right moment for you to speak to him. He just wants to speak to you. And honestly, he started the conversation. He began the conversation with you, with the word. This is God's text message to you. If you ever wanted God to text you about what to do in your life, he sent you the text message. He started the conversation with you. And to pray to him, it just needs to be this personal, intimate thing that you don't do for everyone else. It's just you and him. And speak to him as your father. Now, that's how you pray. But there's a deeper kind of thing that happens at the end of Jesus' teaching, right? Like if you look at verse 8 in Matthew chapter 6, look at what he says. At the very end of his teaching of how to pray. So do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. So really the how to pray seems simple, right? Just talk to God. But the deeper question comes and is kind of spurned on by the end of this verse that he knows what you need before you ask him. So then your next question might be this. Well, why do I need to pray? Why do I need to pray? If God already knows what I need, why do I need to ask him? If he already has in mind what it is that I need, what is the point of me asking him? And if you thought that thought, then I'm just going to tell you this, your description or the picture of who God is in your mind might be a little off. Because for you, God is a genie that he already knows what you want, so he should give it to you. Prayer is not about the thanking and the asking, even though there are elements of that in prayer. Prayer is about the revealing of what does God reveal in those moments of prayer. And Jesus gives us one of the first answers right in the next verse. So if you look, we're gonna read the Lord's prayer in, verse, uh, in chapter six, verse nine. Pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. What's the first thing that Jesus says to pray for? Hallowed be thy name and then whose kingdom come? His kingdom come. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Prayer reveals God's will for his kingdom. Now, too many times we don't pray for God to reveal his will for the kingdom here on earth. We pray for our will for the kingdom here on earth, right? We like to pray for our kingdom. God, if you could just do this and this and this, it would make my kingdom really happy. God, if you could just like make it like just, in fact, some of you wanna pray this, God, just let me do it. I'll do it better, I'll do it quick. People will die, but that's okay. Like, it'll be fine. If I could just get the power to make my kingdom here on earth, that would be great. That is not what prayer is for. Prayer is for you to pray and allow him to reveal his will for the kingdom here on earth. Your prayer shouldn't be, God, this is what I want the kingdom on earth to look like. Can you please bless it? Your prayer should be, God, reveal to me what you want your kingdom on earth to look like. And let me be a part of it. And let me be a part of it does not mean that you start going and and making sure that everybody knows what they should be doing to be in God's kingdom. It's not going around saying, God wants it to look this way and so all of you need to change. Most of the time, when you pray for God to reveal what his kingdom would, would be here on earth, he's gonna look at you and said, can you emulate that in your own personal life right now? You can see that I want people to forgive others as I've forgiven them. Can you do that? for your sister who hurt you all those years ago can you do that for the friend who betrayed you can you do that for the person who goes to your church and you go to a different service than them so you just don't see them can you emulate what this looks like in the kingdom of heaven are you allowing me to reveal what that looks like even in your life Prayer is not about us going to God saying, God, I want this to look like this and this and this. It's about us sitting in prayer and allowing him to reveal to us what his kingdom could look like here on earth and then enacting on that. The next thing that happens that prayer reveals is not just what his kingdom would look like, but who he is, who he really is. Some of us have stopped seeking God's heart on things. We just assume that we know him, right? I know who God is it's fine but prayer reveals who God is and for this we're gonna go to the book of Job so if you want go to the book of Job in your Bible in fact go to the end of the book of Job right around chapter 38 and if you don't know about Job Job is a man who had everything that he ever wanted and had it all taken away from him so he's in this spot where he's lost his family, his wealth. He is sitting with, with boils on his body and he is crying out to God for most of the book. Crying out to God, asking God, praying to God. And in his praying, he is mourning. In his praying, he is trusting. And then right toward the end, he begins to not trust as much. He begins to veer his prayer into a direction that that is not a reflection of who god is and so then god answers and in verse 38 of job verse 1 it says this then the lord answered job out of the whirlwind and said who is this that darkens the who is it that darkens counsel by words without knowledge now gird up your loins like a man and I will ask you and you instruct me where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth tell me if you have understanding who set its measurements since you know or who stretched the line on it or where does its basis sunk or who laid its cornerstone and when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy God reveals to Job in this moment he says wait you've asked the question now I'm going to reveal to you who I am I am the one who created it all. I was there and I know when the goats are pregnant. I was there when the line was stretched. I was there when the bases were sunk. I am the all powerful, I'm the beginning and the end. This is who I am. In prayer, in Job's prayer time, God reveals his true self to Job. Now Job has a decision, either he will accept who God is or he will deny who God is he'll say well that's not true you really didn't do all those things you're not as powerful as you seems he could come back at, at God and cry about all the things that were taken from him or he could learn to change his prayer because God revealed more of himself to him than he had known before and so flip your page in your Bible to chapter 42 and look at Job's response chapter 42 verse 1 Then Job answered, you can do all things and then no purpose of yours is thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have declared that which I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Hear now and I will speak and I will ask you and you instruct me. I have heard you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. Therefore I retract and I repent in dust and ashes. When God is revealed to Job, Job changes his prayer life. No longer is he going to just pray for the things that he wants. He's going to choose to hear God's heart and now pray in that way. God, I did not, you have revealed yourself. Now I see you. So I'm going to back away. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. Prayer should not be a time of just asking and thanking. It should be a time that you sit and just Allow God to reveal himself to you through the word. He'll reveal more of his righteousness, of his holiness. He'll reveal his mercy, his love. He'll reveal how he wants the world to be if you just sit and listen to his heart. Instead of constantly talking, sit and listen and let God reveal who he is with the word and with prayer. And the last thing that God reveals in prayer That we'll go over today. As he reveals his will for his kingdom, he reveals to us who he is, but then he also reveals his will for our lives. We can agree that Jesus was the greatest prayer warrior to ever walk the earth, right? Like he's literally God on earth. And we see that all throughout scripture that Jesus goes to, uh, to the Lord in times of prayer. And we see that everything that Jesus asked for Most of the time, God says yes. He feeds 5,000 people. He raises people from the dead. Almost every single prayer that Jesus gives to the Father, God answers with a resounding yes, except for one. Except for one. Everything Jesus asks for, he knows how to pray. He is the Father. He's God on earth. Every prayer that he prays, Jesus gets a yes, of course, Let's feed those people. Let's raise that person from the dead. Let's heal those lepers, except for one prayer. Matthew chapter 26. Jesus is in the garden with his best friends, hours away from being arrested, maybe, maybe even less than that. in the moment when it's about to happen. Chapter 26, verse 39. It says this, and he, this is Jesus, he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. And he came, to the disciples and he found them sleeping and said to Peter so you men could not keep watching me for one hour keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak he went away again a second time praying and said my father if this cup cannot pass away unless I drink it your will be done Jesus is there praying God please take this from me not my will but yours be done there are times where we pray especially as Christians where you've prayed and you've asked God for something and you've gotten the answer that you did not like you got a no or a not yet he gave you the answer it just wasn't the answer you wanted And unfortunately for us, what we can do when we get an answer like no and not yet is then we can try and change the situation. Well, what do I need to change to make sure that I get a yes? Maybe if I change locations, maybe if I change jobs. Maybe if I change relationships. Maybe if I change churches. Maybe if I do something, then God will give me the yes that I want. But right now, he's giving me the no and the not yet. And there's no way, there's no way that God would give me that answer. So I have to change things to get the answer that I want. And you'll kick doors down to make sure you get a yes. But can I ask you this? Are you praying at the end of every single one of those prayers, not my will, but yours be done? And listen, this is something I struggled with about a year ago. See, when I moved here, it was uh, March of 2020. It's a great time to move. I encourage it. Um, March of 2020. I, some of you are here. I came to one service. I got prayed. That was the only time we had three services for me. Came, I got prayed in. And the next week, everything shut down. I had a house that I was ready to rent that I had to back out of because I just wasn't sure what was gonna happen. And so for three months, I lived with my mother-in-law. I had sold the home that I bought in Santa Maria in February of 2020. And as I'm living in the house of my mother-in-law, I'm watching that house increase in price by almost $100,000. And we've been living here and there's, and it's been kind of like inflation happens and all this stuff happens. And, and, and we're in this spot where it's like, man, me and Amy have never enjoyed our life more but we're, we're in this financial stress that we were not in before we moved and no matter how hard we try and try to figure it out there's just absolutely no way for us to, to buy a house it's just financially not possible not because of anything the church is or isn't doing absolutely not they take care of us but it's just the reality of the time some of you know exactly what that's like and the bad part of this is that I started to allow that that thought of like, man, this isn't as easy as it was. Maybe I'm not supposed to be here. Maybe I got it wrong. This has been hard. I moved to Corona during a coronavirus. Like how, (laughs) like, you know what I mean? Like how, like, how much of a red flag was God trying to give me? Like, (laughs) these are the thoughts that are going through my mind. This is probably just, maybe like months, six months before, maybe a little bit less before me and Pastor Jim really started talking about the transition. And I remember thinking, I was like, I don't think I'm supposed to be here. It shouldn't be this hard. How come things aren't clicking? How come I can't get it? How come I can't get what I want? And I began to get angry and I began to get sad and I began to get just frustrated and just thinking, man, maybe this isn't where, even though I knew this is where God called me to be, I began to question it and tell my wife called me out at the dinner table and gentlemen God will speak through your wife sometimes okay not all the time <laughs> ladies but a lot of times a lot of times and Amy said she was just like what do you she goes you, you sit here and you say and you give these sermons about being grateful and all this other kind of stuff and yet you're so sad because we can't do one thing she goes Charlie look at our house we have great rent in a house that we can live in. Our girls go to great schools. We have a great church. Everything else is, I was focused on this one thing and letting it penetrate my mind like, well, this should, this should be right. And maybe this isn't where God called me to be. And you know what I came, became convicted of in that moment? I was so then angry at myself that I would allow the thought of, well, I'm not as comfortable as I think I should be. So maybe God's not in this. To a Jesus that I preach about, that I follow, who died on a cross, I would have the audacity to think, well, it's not as comfortable as it should be, so God must not want this for me. I must have gotten it wrong because it just wasn't as comfortable as I thought I should be, as I thought I deserved. I said that to the Jesus who died on a cross and I felt ashamed. But unfortunately, I think that's where some of you are with your prayer life. You've been praying for something and he's been giving you a no or not yet and you've been frustrated and thinking that you deserve this you should get it this should be yours how come maybe you should move maybe you should get rid of so and so maybe you should do something drastic are you submitting your will to the father or are you fighting for your will it doesn't matter what the father says c.s lewis would call it a reorder of loves he says when you pray The Father will reveal to you his will for your life and it will force you to reorder your loves. You'll have this as a high priority and God's gonna say, actually, that needs to take a step down. That's not your priority. I have this that I want and the Lord's gonna say, that's a not yet. You need to take that down. I got some other things for you to focus on. He will take you up on your word. You submit your will to him. He'll say, all right, let's go because this, this, and this is all going away. And you know what's funny? is that even though that sounds scary for some of you to lose the control that you love to have, it's the most freeing thing to walk and to know that God's gonna take care of you and it's not about you. It's not about you. If you could do me a favor, John, if you could put up the Galatians verse really quick, just put it back up. There's something I wanna touch on. Because we know we can come to the Father, but there's, there's a verbiage there in verse, uh, Galatians verse um, 6. Because because you are sons and daughters, God sent forth the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, sons and daughters. You see, we've been talking about prayer, especially to the Christians in here who have maybe struggled with prayer life. But I don't want to talk to those of you who don't believe in God yet. And maybe you've tried praying and maybe God has heard your prayer. Can I tell you this? God loves you so much that he, that he wants you to become a son or a daughter and he might hear your prayer and he might have mercy on you and answer that prayer because he wants you into the, into, the, into the kingdom. But to be a son or a daughter of the king, to come to him as the father, you have to treat him as the father. You have to not make him a God, you have to make him your God. You cannot make Jesus a a cool guy that said cool things. You got to make him the savior of your life. When you do that, the spirit, Holy Spirit comes inside of you and you have access to God at any time and he will counsel you, he'll protect you, he will comfort you, he will convict you, he will do all those things because when you're praying to him, he will reveal to you the way and the path of your life. But he can't do that unless you choose to be adopted into the family of God and to become a son or daughter of the king. So if you've been trying to pray, but you have not given your life to the Lord, I don't think you're getting out of prayer what you should be getting. If you simply submit and allow him to be the God of your life and allow yourself to go to him, not as the God who's up there, but as an Abba, as a father. And I want to give you that opportunity. So if you could bow your head, close your eyes with me. I don't know why you came to church, but I'll tell you this, and I felt this before I spoke. You being in the service today was possibly an answer to someone else's prayer, someone has been praying for you, and that's why you showed up. And that's why you're really kind of not sure you're here, but you feel something. And I wanna give you the opportunity, if you want, with every head bowed, every eye closed, to come into the family of God, to be a brother or sister, a son or daughter of the king, a brother and sister to me, a son or daughter of the king, to come to God as your father. So if you would like to make that decision today, to make Jesus your savior, to make God your father, all I need you to do is raise your head, open your eyes and look right at me and don't stop looking at me until I come and see you. Go ahead, put your head down. I can't tell you how excited I am for you. When you become a son or daughter of the king, there's something that happens in heaven It says they rejoice. And honestly, I can't wait for you to experience life with Jesus because it's freeing. So we're gonna pray a prayer because it said confess with your mouth that he is the Lord. So we're all gonna pray a prayer together, everyone. But when you pray it, those that raise your head and looked at me, I want you to pray it with every fiber of your soul. Make it meaningful. So repeat this after me. Father, forgive me of my sins. I repent. Jesus, be the savior of my life. Holy Spirit, come into my heart. Convict me, counsel me, comfort me. I choose to submit my will to you. Father, right now, I thank you so much for what you're doing. Holy Spirit, I pray you'd speak to those that raised their their head or, or maybe they didn't raise their head, but they prayed that prayer sincerely. God, I pray, Holy Spirit, you'd be speaking to them. God, you'd be speaking to them right now. God, even as they're, as they're praying, God, that they'd feel uh, the sense of peace and joy. God, they'd feel like, like they have purpose again. God, they'd feel your comfort come over them. They'd hear things that, about themselves. They've never spaken, spoken to themselves. Father, that they are, they are beautiful. They are wonderful. They have a purpose. God, I pray that you would just be with them right now. God, as they begin their journey, God, let them know that you have wonderful plans ahead for them. In your name we pray, amen. Can you guys stand with me? As you begin your journey with Jesus, so as it raise your head, like do not do it alone. So a couple things you can do. Number one, tell someone, go tell someone, go tell a Christian that you trust what you did today so that they can walk with you, they can counsel you. If you don't have anyone like that, or if you need, like you just feel like, hey, I just gonna pray with someone right now. I have some wonderful people over here to my left, your right that would love to pray with you, that would love to give you uh, things and and content for you to go through. So please do not leave here without speaking to someone, getting prayed for, because you just made the most important decision in your life. If anybody needs prayer, you can go go right over here and get prayer. All right, let's let's end with this. Lord, keep me outward focused and fill me with your spirit. Give me the boldness to share the gospel with others. Open up opportunities to minister outside the church because I see what I'm looking for and make me into a generous person like you. Thank you, guys. God bless you. Have a great Sunday. If you need prayer or dedicated your life to Christ, please reach out to us on our social media on Facebook and Instagram at Norco, or email us at hello at NBCC.com. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to share and subscribe to this podcast.